Hello and welcome to episode 80 in Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. I am Mark Halpin. And I be Michael Dwyer. Mark, how are you today? Great. Class. Yeah, it's just myself, yourself and the Rob Meister himself on the sound. How are you, Rob? Uh, not too bad, Michael. Not too bad. Have the a mic today. Yeah, oh. such a novelty. 18 episodes. We kept you quiet and we decided, no, today it's time to unle- unleash the Rob Meister. Absolutely. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we'll get to it then and we have the parish of the week this week coming from Tipperary and this is just a parish that seems like no other parish really they have taken a hold of a sunflower competition they've decided to run their own sunflower competition within their own parish and you had to whatsapp photos of your sunflower to be entered into the different categories and prizes um tallest would be the main prize Prize for best dressed sunflower, seen better days sunflower, biggest flower head, best look after sunflower, and most unusual and smallest sunflower. Uh, there's a handicap of one foot placed on those who got them more recently there on the 6th of July, and uh, they were even arranging house visits to see the tallest contenders there because they weren't sure if they'd stay in the pots. So, with such great preparations and great interest in sunflowers, it's no surprise why Golden in Tipperary has one parish of the week. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know there's a lot of um, room for making innu- innuendo jokes in this article, but I think we're above that in this podcast. Tallest sunflower, all the different types of competition <laughs> people have. Uh, get your ruler out, Mike. <laughs> have our own competition. But if they're using WhatsApp images to measure the tallest sunflower, oh. I think there would be a bit of an issue with like yeah. small, far away. <laughs> <laughs> Angles. That's true. Downlighting, things like yeah. that. Um, why is everyone in sunflower fields on Instagram lately? Where did this trend come yes. from? Should I was look? actually asked to go to a sunflower on a double date. Or it's not to a sunflower, to a sunflower field <laughs> on a double date. And uh, I did, well, I said yes, but I postponed it numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's local enough. It's in Shalala, um, this massive oh. sunflower field. And in aid of the Irish Cancer Society, you were to go and uh, pick a sunflower. And bring it home. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Murder was the charity. <laughs> Kill a sunflower. Kill a sunflower. <laughs> Exposing true crimes on paper juices. <laughs> but that has been a trend all right, Mark. Uh, anyway, for Golden, all is well in the hood. And they've got, not only have they got many prizes for various sunflowers, like Biggest Flower Head, they now have Parish of the Week. To, na- to their name and they'll be happy with that now Mark you sent me the next newspaper story and I love when you send me these things <laughs> so this was cheese rolling and Monday's annual cheese rolling event at Cooper's Hill near Brockworth was cancelled due to coronavirus however a symbolic baby bell cheese was rolled down the empty hill at half five in the morning now that's a small paragraph right so I thought that's about it but I had to google the locations yeah. this is a big deal guys <laughs> this is the Gloucester annual cheese rolling event and it's fell, fallen victim to the coronavirus it's been going on since 1826 in gloucester in um at least 1826 in gloucester in england and it is fascinating because it is a big block of around three or four kilograms of cheese a round roll of cheese and it's rolled down the hill and then that gets the head start and then people chase it <laughs> in pursuit of the roll of the um rounded cheese piece yeah. Uh, so, in nineteen in the nineteen nineties, there was an incident anyway at this cheese rolling festival, and five no sorry fourteen people were injured, four of whom were seriously injured, 
um, they had to change it to a plastic cheese roll because and there was even an unofficial unofficial event held one year because the organizers said no lads it's getting too dangerous we have to take a step back and then these rowdy bunch uh decided no we'll go ahead with it so the fact that it didn't go ahead is huge i believe and it's a sign of this pandemic um but another thing as well is that it's uh, gathered a lot of momentum among uh with a following from all across the world and recent winners of the cheese rolling competition have even come from australia new zealand and the usa I think Robbie can even Google it to confirm there. Isn't yeah, it? I'm just looking up. Has anyone? No one has ever been killed at the cheese roll. It's good to know. Yeah, thank yeah. You. So there is an. There's a story about a runner dropping dead at the end of very centuries ago. So. Oh. <laughs> This is bad. Is it on a road or is it on like a grass hill? And grass no, hill. I've actually oh, seen I think I've seen a video of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's just a yeah. big, like the hill is wow. steep as well. Like. Yeah, I had no idea these were related when Does I said that. Does it say the pace, Robbie? Um, the, pace. Uh, the pace of the cheese, it goes to something crazy, like 70 <laughs> or 80 kilometers an hour. <laughs> 70 miles an hour. Jesus. <laughs> miles an hour. Madness. Oh my God. Oh, a nine, just broke a up nine pound that. wheel yeah. of double... Well, how do you say the English thing? Gloucester or... Yeah, yeah, cheese... <laughs> Which can take on yeah, 70 miles an hour. Oh yeah. my God. God. It's madness, isn't yeah. it? It's the, what human beings will do, you know? We always have to chase something bigger than ourselves. <laughs> Sometimes it's a block of cheese. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. The baby bell was a beautiful gesture, though. That's why I found isn't it. Funny. That's why I sent you that. Yeah. You know, they rolled the baby bell down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, poignant as well. Like, oh, did it, was the sun rising across the valley and then this baby bell wandering down? Yeah. Yeah. Alan Halvey, who always wins the riddles on our yeah. Instagram page, used to bring baby bells to lunch. And I never had them in my house. So I assumed they were sweets, little red things he always had. So once I traded him my sandwich of my lunch for this baby bell. And I didn't know it was cheese. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a sweet. And I thought you just edit whole. So I threw it in my mouth and chewed it up. And I was like, that's disgusting. And then uh, somebody told me afterwards that that's wax. Yeah. And I just said a lot of wax. Oh my gosh. And cheese that isn't that fulfilling underneath either. And let's keep going. Did Alan okay. keep the sandwich? I think so. I think he had ate the sandwich before I got to eat the wax. <laughs> so I couldn't ask for In a like, plank. Be as quick as Alan Halvey. Yeah. Yes, the yes, there is. Don't get by Alan Halvey. That's very good. Now, this is an unusual one from the Roscommon Herald. Gardaí are investigating a case of assault after a woman was hit with a pickaxe during a row in Leitrim. So it happened in an estate in Carrick on Shannon. And a video posted from the scene shows a woman smashing windows with the pickaxe before the altercation. Gardaí are making investigations into the case. It's a bit of an odd one. I don't know how that could have materialised. Did a woman attack a woman with a pickaxe? What I gathered from it was that a woman went to somewhere smashing things with a pickaxe and then the pickaxe ended up being used on her. Ah. The original woman. Mm. So, you know, Interesting. Mm. Don't bring a pickaxe to a fight if you don't want to keep yeah. with a pickaxe in a these fight. Are big, these are big issues and lessons that we need to take from these articles. <laughs> Um, yeah so now final story is a real Michael Dwyer story because it's one of those stories that you're wondering why we're including it <laughs> and it's from the Donegal News and this one is about the restoration of thatched cottages on the Wild Atlantic Way it's about a family tradition and they um, they harvest flax and they use it to do the thatched cottages please stay with us listener and <laughs> the, basically like it, they focus on the area between Letterkenny and Derry and why I find it interesting is because you only, when you go through an area and you see a thatched cottage, they're using the uh, harvested materials from that area. So they don't, it's not something like a slate that can just be used anywhere. You know, it has to be used within proximate to uh, 
where it's harvested. Just found that interesting. And right, so that's Michael Dwyer interesting. But now mm. I'm going to bring it broader and stretch it out to Paper Tuesdays, right? Mm. Robbie, you were down in Kilmore Key. I was. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice the tat cottages down there? I actually, I did because uh, my girlfriend was saying, wouldn't you love a tashed roof? And I was like, I would, but the financial cost. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just keeping it. Thousands. And yeah, then yeah. just the tragedy of it, like you, you retach every five years and then the tragedy of it, like to think that, oh, all of a sudden in the middle of the night, just one little small hole can create it and then boom, just the rain deluging down mm. into your home. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> like, so you they're they're quite popular down in the south oh of yeah 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 and, and they are like it's an art form as well like because they do look class yeah and now so like there we've seen how the thatched cottages there 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 are a good few thatch and we assume anyway that they come from the local area so that's south wexford that's the bargy fourth area and that's a really unusual area that's had the yola language which it's an old english language and that's where we get the word queer from so this is all this is all, like this is feeding into my bigger idea of, well, South Wexford and North Wexford are two different entities, two different cultures over the years, and, and we're part of them. And while we think we may be all the same, or like there are underlying differences maybe between us all, even in our touching. Am I going too random here? No. No, you're doing you random movements. Yeah. <laughs> Like, North Wexford, right? I, I don't know. We, we don't have to use this out. It's not interesting. No, no, I, I do want to find but interesting. <laughs> I'm interested because in I, how interested I, you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're making <laughs> us interested. Yeah. And North, I dropped history in first year. So <laughs> I know absolutely nothing about <laughs> North Wexford has been always Gaelic Irish. South Wexford has always been Old English. So that's it's been planted and it's been a very Old English, um, strong Catholic... Uh, English merchant area and they've held on to their traditions and they've been a one of a kind area and then whereas Norwexford never really associates too much with the south just because they don't have too much in common in their ancestry because Norwexford is more Gaelic Irish and then Norwexford kind of veers into South Wicklow because they're part of the same clan and like when you look at the places like Carnew and other places right on the border there like Tinnahili they're all kind of the one like people there are as quick to go into Carnew as to go to Gory and it just gave it gives another idea of how we perceive our identity why we think like the GA has done a huge amount for identity in that we recognize with our county colors Mark's even wearing Wexford tonight so it's just another way of looking at how we identify ourselves as a wider group and uh, I just thought it might be worth sharing that the thatched roof goes as far as showing how we uh, behave on a regular basis hmm. okay <laughs> beautiful <laughs> where do we go from here yeah <laughs> would there be any difference in the thatch well obviously if well, there was different like, between south and north Wexford, then would you think i don't know i have the clue close? i have the clue but like thatch isn't as popular in a few places in ballygarrett um yeah yeah there's a few when you're going through ballygadmund as well yeah Across from the pub there. Yeah. In the Rodden Valley. I mean, that's where I was thinking of throughout the whole time you were talking. Was, uh, <laughs> the, the pub. Arcades, yeah. <laughs> Valley, Edmund. Anyway, back to the article, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so fair play to your man in Donegal. <laughs> <laughs> I read Wild Atlantic Way and I read Thatcher and I thought, ah, no, she's back now to ruin this for us, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's a much better verdict on that uh, whole article, Mark. <laughs> so, we've come to episode 18, and we're here. Podcasting um, is, I know we've discussed it before, but like, say now today, like we're, it's a, it's a funny old medium, isn't it, Mark? Like, how would you describe it, or what? Uh, I'd, excuse, I'd, excuse it. I'd describe it as me forgetting that there's a microphone in front of me while I talk to you and somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's something that I look forward to doing. I don't know about you, but like it's probably one of the highlights of my week anyway is coming in and doing this. And it's definitely opened us up to have more conversations with people. Like Robbie said it before, that there's no way like me, you, and conservationists or people like this would be in the same room talking at length for an hour. Yeah. Like... If it just wouldn't happen, like yeah, so I think that's been a benefit. It's definitely benefited me in my own life and being more open to ideas from other people and learning about things that I never would have went out and tried to learn about before. Right, you know, you know I find them interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's been uh, my existential benefits from conducting this podcast. Yeah, mm. interesting. Mm. It's like a, it's like bottling something every week as well, you know, and the, it's the habit of doing something every week that makes it uh, beneficial as well. Yeah, and, and it's mad to think that this is episode 18, which means that 18 weeks we've been recording these podcasts. Yeah. I think we tried like one or two weeks before that as well to record on. That's it didn't right. really work, so it's probably 20 weeks we've been doing this, and that's like a long mm. time. You wouldn't think it, because it feels like, well, we, I know we are only getting started with this, but it feels like, you know, we barely begun with yeah that, you know? exactly like we've listed along the, the length of our arm of people we want to speak to and things we want to do um it's it's just given us a, a great opportunity to to benefit other people as well like you know that message we got from a canadian there um shout out to your tom man tom tom o'neill tom o'neill like yeah. to have the likes of tom tuned in is just spectacular i mm. love it yeah it's great and we've got the likes of gavin and james yeah skips forward to his part every week and just sees what the reaction is and then <laughs> skips out back out of it speaking of which we haven't done the flash book yeah oh sorry james i'm sick of it right i've had enough i'm absolutely sick of it i'm seeing these english bastards claiming irish people as their own the cyclists is enough they're after paul meskel they're after Dermot kennedy graham norton they think they're all fucking british lads they're not they're from ireland off and get your own celebrities, you shower of bastards. He's just come into a rhythm of his own there, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He's right, though. It's, yeah. it's an idea. Yeah, he would have, like, yeah, yeah. 100%. I think if it was it was Bradley Wiggins' tone that done it for me, I didn't, like... You know, if someone says that as a joke or whatever, but it sort of seemed like, you know, oh, he's good enough to be British, basically, because he done ah. this, he's Irish. And then, like, you could tell Sean Kelly... What, it wasn't... They weren't having crack, really, like... They weren't bantering around beforehand. His facial expression, his tone and stuff wasn't like they were having crack and any sort of went on to insult Sean Kelly even further by saying, sure, we can't understand you either, can we? Or something something along those lines, basically, we can't understand Sean Kelly speaking. So just, I didn't yeah. catch this clip. So yeah, what happened here? Oh, they were... Did I actually... Did you? No, no, no. Yeah. They were um, reviewing some race. Now, I don't follow cycling at all. As we found out oh, last right. week, I actually have uh, some underlying contempt for cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bradley Wiggins and Sean Kelly were, you know, Sean Kelly, he won the, the cyclist of Ireland, the big name. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were reviewing a race, and it was a young Irish lad, I think, coming through, and he's, you know, he's going to be the next big cyclist or whatever. And Bradley Wiggins basically said, Oh, well, I think we could nearly consider him British at this stage. He was that good. And he was sort of, it wasn't as if he was like, he was saying this just free flowing naturally, and sort of came out, it sort of seemed to me as if, you know, he was saying, 
he's always this good like we can nearly consider him a British cyclist yeah not an Irish one mm-hmm. and then he's sort of like Sean Kelly was sort of he's on live telly so he has to sort of you know can't lash out and he sort of has to laugh, laugh awkwardly under his breath and then like you could tell Bradley Wiggins then realised he sort of said something wrong so then he sort of dug his hole further by saying oh well at least we can understand him when he talks we can't no one can understand you Sean oh, gee. and Sean Kelly yeah. was already you could tell he was a bit off-centred by his yeah. last comment and then you know he said that so yeah Bradley Wiggins is sort of in in hot water well not hot water he's just not well liked by Irish people at the minute yeah but in fairness Bradley Wiggins is a very accomplished cyclist himself though he's won a right. lot yeah he's won a lot but he's still he made a boo-boo I yeah. think yeah he's, yeah. Not, he's not going to be um, well received on the Wild Atlantic way if he goes cycling <laughs> <laughs> this comes at a very interesting time not to talk too much about politics but like Brexit this could be one of the most significant weeks in Brexit basically it's revealed that like the, the UK Parliament is willing to break international law by uh, breaching the treaty when it comes to Northern Ireland and it could m- eventually culminate in an ordeal Brexit. Now that's um, quite a it's like a train crash really um, because it's really I suppose all the focus has been on the pandemic and it seems like Boris Johnson has kind of engineered a change towards Brexit to try and get his support base back cranking up again because at the moment Labour are really crushing con- the Conservatives in uh, based on how they've performed in handling the pandemic in, in the UK so um, I, I'm, I'm trying to craft a link here again um, I think I always love drawing parallels and like even that idea of you know oh sure he's good enough to be British oh well sure look we'll do whatever we like when it comes to Brexit anyway because mm. we are the great UK and we have to have some positive out of it it's interesting it's the colonization mindset, isn't it? It's like we'll have this island, and now we're here, and this is ours, and this is mine, <laughs> and now that cyclist is ours, and he's good, and we'll have him. <laughs> it is kind of that though, where it's like you see, and this is I'll fucking I'm gonna offend someone, but you see that like some of these English people, and they are like they have that kind of grace about them, where they're like we're better than you, for want of a better phrase. But it is, I think it's a cultural thing and it's just the way they're brought up because the amount of English people I've talked to and they haven't a clue about their own history. They're taught mm. the good part and mm. nothing else. Yeah. And it's like they don't know that they've been invaded a lot of countries and kind of yeah. there's, there, there is a rich history of them just kind of going in and doing what Being they like. Shower of bastards. <laughs> Colonising. <laughs> violent. Raping. <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Well, I was right. worried about yeah, offending I, right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already in the essay speaker. So and no, oh yeah, yeah, they have an impact on countries. But no, <laughs> yeah, Mark, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one way to go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, like, I think a lot of Irish people do have that view of the English. And then at the same time, they may, like say, me and my friends have went on holidays to, English, uh, to England and had a great time with the locals there. And I know English people and I have a great time with them. So I think we have a general sense of just like, fuck the English, basically. Mm. But then when we actually sit down and talk to present day English people, it is a very different story where it's like, oh, no, they are people. But I think it's more the history behind it is what fuels the, I think it's more crack than rage. But oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the song there is the always something there <laughs> where just kind of like, <laughs> it's nice to hate the English. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, Michael Day. It's all sad. And like, you knew Michael. Yeah, 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 isn't it? Yeah. 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 You, 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 you knew. Yeah. 
And Trevelyan, that <laughs> bastard. Oh, that man is born. Oh, I long for the born. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's it, Mark. Like it's the common enemy. Oh, we can all. Well, pre-COVID, we could all link arms and, you know, yeah, oh, you know. Yeah, it's us against them. Like, we're us and we're here and yeah. they're over there and fuck them. Yeah. yeah, and it becomes most potent at Friday, Saturday and Saturday night at around half eleven. And, you know, when, when people are drunk or whatever, I don't know. Like, cool granny, Junior post. B hurling. Yeah. The row breaks out on the sideline. <laughs> you're turning into Jackie Chan. I don't know what common evidence is there. Like, yeah, you're right back. Yeah, yeah, I'm going off on one. No. Mark, what have you to tell the world today? I have the questions for you. We can get into those. Uh, number one. Fuck's sake. Right. Michael, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, would you capture it or let it slip? You better lose yourself. <laughs> no, answer me. Oh, right. Sorry. Give me the question. If you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, would you capture it? let it slip yeah when you let those words sink in like how easy is it to let it slip I'd say I'd say it's very easy to let it slip so you, you let it slip no no <laughs> I'm just trying to think like how do you oh I'm overthinking this I think it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a yes or no question oh yes I, <laughs> yeah, I capture you would it yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do hope I capture it anyway isn't it uh, number two Michael what's your favourite thing to put in a sandwich Oh, great question. Chicken and coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Actually, sorry. Withdrawn the question. Yeah. Turkey and coleslaw. That's Turkey and coleslaw? Yeah, I don't. Just range on brown bread or white bread? Brown, yeah. Robbie? Um, I've started uh, the brown rolls lately. Mm, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. I like them. And then I'd go for I was stuffing red onion, mayonnaise, and then maybe turkey sometimes. Sometimes I put sausages into it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sausages and bold. stuffing, wow. Yeah, sausages and bold. Stuffing. With the chicken? Oh, With no. The tur- or no, it'd just be one, yeah, no, I yeah. wouldn't venture that far, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty when you've had a deli at your That's at it, your yeah. You, you know? have all the experience in the world, and mm. you know, the plain sandwiches, they get a bit boring. Ah, yeah. So you want to spice things up a bit. Spice it like, yeah. 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 Spoiled for choice. I'd be um, a ham and cheese sandwich. All right. Butter brown. Sandwich brown. Uh, but a roll, then I'd have. Uh, Brown roll, butter, garlic mayo, spicy chicken, lettuce and cheese. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, uh, I know you probably won't know until the end of your course, mm. but, um, and we'll get into your course as well. Yeah. Um, brown versus white. Yeah. Is, it, is brown healthier? Yeah, definitely. It's easier to digest anyway. It's a, lot, um, more, it's a lower GI index. So okay. whatever they do to make the bread white is bad it's easier it's whole meal so it's easier digested it's slower release of energy it's not a big blast of like sugar or whatever so it's slower digestion gives you more energy for longer the whole gluten debate i'm not don't really want to get into that because i don't really know i don't think anyone really knows i think people are being too they either lean one way too much or the other too much it's like it can affect people some ways and other people it can't i thought it was affecting me for a while and then mm. i just decided it wasn't and then it stopped affecting ah, me so i don't know again as cormac said when he was here with his crumbs like you know yeah. it's it's a bit up in the air uh, to see my I had a Snapchat story you don't have Snapchat or you don't have me on Snapchat I had a story up yesterday about our wardrobes and having furniture saying all of our wardrobes are now 100% gluten free <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and yeah. you're uh, you're going back to do a course yes I am I'm going back to do a course 
in personal training i'm going to get a higher start than the one i currently have so it's part-time two evenings a week and a full day in the gym on saturdays obviously we'll talk more about your plans at the end of the course but like Mm. right now you actually you told me the other day you paid for the course and it felt good to pay it yeah yeah chunk of money obviously yeah it's not i don't owe anybody the money i haven't i've worked for the money myself i paid for it myself i don't have to ask for a lease or a loan or anything like that or uh what's it called subsidy is that what people get or things from the doll or whatever yeah i know it just felt nice being all like here's how much it costs whatever and oh i I can pay that that's fine so it's off my own bat so it's me investing in me it's not anybody else investing in me so that felt good to do that yeah and say what you you did personal training in the past you Mm. drew up programs for people they followed them they had excellent results Mm. um Say now you're going to go again at this. Yeah. Is there something you're going to seek to try and get out of that, to draw from the course? What do you mean? Something Like, if I'm going to do a course, I want to yeah. say, okay, by the end of that, I want to have, be able to say I can do X, Y, or Z, or I can improve my delivery in some regard. Yeah, well, it's upskilling, basically, for me. Is right. I want to have the one I got before was sort of basic, and this one entails a lot more separate sort of qualifications within it like you know there's kettlebell pilates things like that qualifications i don't have also it's good to get it back into my mind because i haven't really done it for work full time yeah. i don't know a lot more of it a couple of years ago but now like i've been doing different jobs i've been traveling so i want to get it fr- all fresh in my brain and then go into it full time again has the personal training game and the fitness world kind of increased as well like it- a while ago people could have got on fine with that course or that mm. and now there are just so many people there upskilling and coming up with new ideas that then you know you need a high bar yeah you do you need to know how to compete in it i suppose if you're coming in from nothing you're at nothing really like um yeah there's definitely a lot of people try to be pts and fail and want to be pts and a lot of it's online i think like that and people have told me like you know it's a saturated market and things like that but I don't really think it is it's sort of it's on your own bat to find people and you will find people that want to be trained by you and people that will come and like it's more about I feel what you put into it more than saying it's a saturated market and focusing on trying to be better than him or her and like that you just do I'm just hoping to do what I enjoy and hopefully people um what would be the word are attracted by that yeah yeah absolutely mm. Robbie you're even going back to a course for a business yeah. uh yeah mm. what, what what's spurred that uh uh funnily enough actually doing the podcast uh was a big influence on it as well as i originally went up to do a computer science course in fucking 2014 or 15 or whatever it was and i last two months in that and since then i have wanted to go back and do say kind of an academic college course and get a qualification because it does open up a lot of um a lot of things for you in life like just having the qualification there but um yeah business um yeah doing the podcast definitely has because it's just like the whole business side of things there's a whole heap of stuff there that i'm only kind of getting into now and i'm like i would love to know more about it and how to market things and brand things and kind of find money for stuff basically yeah sorry this fit has gone completely (laughs) uh but like every like artsy kind of thing in the country needs money has to come mm-hmm. from somewhere and i'd love to get myself in a position where i could be like you're trying to do this well this is where you can get say a grant from or this is how you can approach people for money to do this things so i think there's a load of untapped 
well, there's a lot of art in Ireland, but it just hasn't been funded enough. So mm, the creative types constant. don't they don't have the business mind sort of for yeah, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I basically I'm prepared to study for four years and do all the boring stuff no artist in Ireland wants to do. <laughs> yeah. And bring them up mm. if I can. Very so cool. that'll be I think that is the kind of goal at the moment. I need to re- refine it, obviously it's fairly vague like but that's the kind of the way I'm headed at the moment. It's great to have that approach because normally I think it's kind of just something that people vent and like no action comes from it because like I'd say that thing has been there for the last like decades I'd say you know. Yeah, yeah. Then. Sure I think um, I think it was Winnie Butler Yeats was phoned to say oh you've just won the Nobel um, Prize and he said um, he was just about to eat beans on toast and he said uh, oh does that get me uh, a dinner tomorrow or something like that <laughs> some yeah. grand quote anyway yeah, but yeah. like it just shows how um with art if you don't have that i willingness to seek out what other people want and to deliver it well then you're just going to be delivering for yourself and scraping by or maybe not at all you know and yeah this yeah yeah and it was a thing like i studied acting up in dublin and when people would be in the pub a lot more than they were in the theatre actually funny enough but um, <laughs> when people be in the pub chatting about their shows and stuff it would always be that kind of like you know they're looking for funding or they couldn't get funding or so and so got funding because he knows whoever and it's like you know there was always that kind of like I don't know if there would always have been this opinion that people who are getting funding were kind of licking the right boots and mm. you know and it's like I want to do something where it's not like that yeah like a lot of people draw like grants they all come from the public sector right mm. um i think like the way galleries are thriving now is because there are private sector clients like you know one's in gory there an artist even in gory because people want their stuff yeah it's 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 people driven yeah 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 i think yeah it kind of has to be yeah like but yeah, I think what I've found anyway is that a lot of people have great ideas, but when it comes to actually getting it all put together, yeah. they, they kind of, it might be just one or two things they fall short on, but it just ends up in an... There's like no script, plan. There's yeah, no yeah, structure. exactly. And that's yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. going to college just trying to see, oh, well, this yeah, company maybe I can bring. From, yeah. yeah, deadly. Yeah. Good stuff. That was a good answer to what's your favourite thing to put in a sandwich. So next <laughs> question three is, this, this bothered me actually <clears throat> when I was watching telly the other day. So in crime documentaries, after they interview both the drug dealers and the police, why don't the police just ask the film crew where the drug dealers are? <laughs> I've never seen a crime documentary like that. Where they're but, like, oh, here's the, this guy in North London, like Ross Kemp. Oh, He's yeah. Like, oh, right. Like, you know, it's like the muffled voice. Like, yeah, yeah. I, have I love that. Yeah. Like the voice documentary. And then the police are like, yeah. we can't fucking find him. And it's like, <laughs> we were just talking to him. <laughs> Did you see there's a Netflix documentary actually uh, about this lad in New- in Mexico and they can't hunt him down in these. They, they, actually, if they, like the Mexican war on drugs has kind of like, they've just said, oh, we give in because they were killing innocent people so much. We said, look, let them have it. We're just, yeah. they, they can do what they're like. Congra- really? Congratulations to drugs and winning the war on yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, like, <laughs> and this tweet, is all just happened in the last year or two. But like, um, that actually, that very thing happened. Like, he has lads working for him and there they are in, um, 
balaclavas and and have wearing guns and they're so it was under your man and they're being interviewed by uh, the TV crews. Like that is a very good point, Mark. I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah. How many times I wonder do I say that? That is a very good part, Mark. Point, Mark. I never thought of that. At all. I, you, I only ever heard it come out of your mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, woman will come on one day and we'll gallop, gallop everything down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, number four. Would you rather be freakishly tall or freakishly short? Tall, I think. Tall. Yeah, when I was growing up, I was going to be stay short, and then I started growing, and I was like, ah, you know. It was the influence of your uncle, wasn't it? You could see what he could do with the number six jersey <laughs> on his back. <laughs> Cripple lads. Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about my uncle's activities. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think tall. I'd be tall as well. Like, yeah, there's no benefit to being short, really, is there? Lots of but you get tall. laughed at a lot, I think, don't you? Like, mm. even the midgets on, on the television programs, you know, it's just <laughs> like, uh, it's like they're paid because you're small, you know? Like, yeah. Just... yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, would you rather, would you rather have to spend the rest of your life doing burpees or doing burps? Burps. Really? Uh, oh, I think burpees. Yeah. Oh, mm. <laughs> at least you'll be able to like walk around and go to sleep. On a plane, <laughs> if you're on a plane, you'll be allowed to do your burpees. So I just, I can't. I have to do burpees for the rest of my life. I died. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to go burps as well. It would be a sad life, but it would be a yeah. longer one. I feel yeah. more fulfilling, maybe. I wonder, like, could you do a podcast while doing burpees? Like, can can that be done? Like, yeah, every like second word be loud. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> Parish of the. <laughs> so we're going with. Have you picked burpees then? Or yeah, I'm thinking with burpees. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, one for burpees, two for burps. <laughs> um, who let the dogs out? <laughs> China. China let China. the dogs out. <laughs> they did not let the dogs out. <laughs> not alive anyway. Put them in the oven. <laughs> If you could trade places with anybody in the world for one day, who would it be? Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> actually, now that I was messing when I said it, but I actually would be interested to see what your day would be like. Uh, we'll do a day in the no, life. Pick someone else, Rob. Okay. Well, <laughs> pick someone. Well, I would be interested. Yeah. Um. Actually, my granny. Ooh, just to see Excellent. what like an older person in Ireland experiences nowadays because mm. I know what I experience and like have an idea of like I don't know I think we all have an idea about our grannies and yeah because we're younger we're used to like just getting up and going to job like you ever wonder like when you get to 66 oh now you you don't work now you don't you just go sit down there <laughs> 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 take yeah yeah someone will come for you in a few years all right <laughs> It's a weird thing, isn't it? Mm. I can't see us doing it. I think we'll see a generational shift where like, you work longer, I think. Yeah. But it's even going that way now. They're on about moving the age up to like Yeah, but there's a lot of... I don't know. A lot of negative... Actually, when this came out a few months ago, and like when it did, like there were people that were like, oh, no, sure, I don't mind working. But then there were others that had worked hard jobs, like manual yeah. labour. Yeah, they're like... That's probably why it was lower. More jobs were physical jobs, manual labor yeah. jobs, and now like people can make a living sitting down. Yeah, all day. So like, no, mm. you can be sitting down at home, or you could sit down somewhere else and make money. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, actually. That maybe that's why it could go up. Yeah, mm. who um who would I like to be for a day? I think 
Michael Lee Higgins. Michael, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Because that man just sets his own agenda, you know? There yeah. might be a country behind him and a mandate or not, but he wakes up in the morning and says, I'd like someone to visit me today, <laughs> or, you know, like... <laughs> pet his dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rest his porridge on his belly while he eats it. Yeah. Like, he gave an, an address today and was on the headlines, but, like, today is just any other day. It's Thursday, the something of September. Like, you know, it's... Uh, you know, the Queen has to give a speech at, on Christmas and the President of Ireland can just decide any day. Like, I think I'll talk to the people today. <laughs> you know? Well, Mark, this will be a great one. Yeah. Jack O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> the referee, yeah. who is defying retirement always with his refereeing, like yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you, you know Jack O'Brien firsthand. Would you like to see him in... I would not like to live a day. <laughs> I'd love it. Sit at the gate and goes, that's four players, Jack. And just lean in the window really slowly and look in the back and goes, she's not playing junior B. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I'm actually glad. Um, shout out to the people like Jack O'Brien who've been at the gates because... They haven't been checking the boots for uh, any cars going into matches at the moment. And that's good. <laughs> because... Uh, well, you've been in the boot, for you? <laughs> I've heard of reports of smuggling incidents. Oh, because, right. oh, the sooner we can go to matches, the better anyway. But like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's how they're getting in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a good one. I don't know that. Another big scoop. Big, big scoop. scoop. <laughs> hot, hot, hot takes. Michael Dwyer. <laughs> So um, you're going to be Jack O'Brien. Uh, did you pick someone like just Granny? Is that going well, with? Or, yeah, yeah. Well, are we going for? Well, we're never going for famous people if we're talking yeah, about Jack, Jack O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose yeah. If I was going for something like super, like big, like maybe like Jeff Bezos or like or Joe Rogan actually. Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. Well, the what's Dan Yeah. What does that mean? Dan. <laughs> 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 That's the person. Oh, yeah. Ashlyn will be delighted with your answer there. Yeah, Dan Bilzerian is like this million billionaire playboy, fucking basically oh, drug right. dealer. Oh, right. But like, yeah, he has all these guns and women in bikinis and stuff. Follow him everywhere, and he drives these monster trucks out in the desert. Dad, what do you mean? <laughs> he was a high stakes poker player. I think is how yeah, he. Right. Yeah, he claims that's how he made his money, but uh, he's also yeah, a trust fund. Dad, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, his dad is like a multi billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm happy enough with those answers anyway. Ah, uh, uh, okay. That little heart that girls draw on their Instagram stories. No, they draw it with their finger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I have a feeling there's a secret women's code behind that little heart. If you, mm. You've definitely seen this love heart on Instagram. It's like a little... I assume it's just like a small one or... Yeah, it's like a little finger thing. Oh, right. okay. It makes me want to draw like a Mickey. On <laughs> <laughs> mine. I think like anything could be put in front of you and you would just like to draw a Mickey somewhere on it. It's That's just a always... feature of Instagram, you know, instead of just sending the fire back or the hundred, if you just do something. Yeah. Yeah. There you are. Oh, that would be great. You would have fun. I'd never get off the phone. <laughs> what are you doing, Mark? Hold on, it's putting the tape on it. <laughs> Nine, um, are we human or are we dancer? I think we have to be dancers. I think mm-hmm. we're dancers. Mm-hmm. We're definitely dancers. Irish dancers. <laughs> Irish dancers. 
You'll love this one. Oh, good. Is there such a thing as free will? Or are we simply responding to the chemical reactions going on in our brains? Uh, how do you go from... What's your sandwich? Jamie, <laughs> uh, Mac. Uh, sorry, uh, Mark, again. Is there such a thing as free will? Or are we simply responding to the chemical reactions in our brains? I've tried to think about this because your immediate response is, yeah, well, I make decisions. Mm. So I can decide I can decide to run across the table and punch you now, or I can decide to do a backflip, I can decide to whip myself. But what these tests that they're running on the NFL players and such and concussions is like that your decision making process is affected by brain damage. So your decision making they have they know where it happens in the brain and that's ha- being caused by chemical reactions. So, if your decisions are being caused by these chemical reactions, yeah. what's actually making the decisions? Or do you have free will? Is it merely reaction to another reaction to another reaction that caused me to be here this evening? Or did I decide, outside of myself, God, my consciousness, conscience, whatever, what is the reason for me being where I am right now? Is, am I merely a product of a lot of synapses firing or am I something that decided to be where I am? Fascinating question and brilliant question to come from Mark Halpin. <laughs> Not that... No, I, <laughs> no, I just I want it, to make the point like, because uh, this is a man that hated school and he's just come up with the most intelligent question that I've ever... Well, one of the most intelligent questions I've ever heard. If I was saying to Mark, it would be chemical reactions, right? That's like... Uh, excellent term and all but what causes the chemical reactions if you were to go that way not that we oh sure if that was the case then sure we wouldn't give ourselves a concussion or whatever but just the fact that look it's something else like I I don't know like like, look the beauty of life is it's mystery actually this is a good save that question for the monk next week yeah 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 (laughs) but no but in general um, but in general I am probably inclined towards chemical reaction, but I do believe that there's something else. And I'm not, obviously, personal beliefs aside, I don't think it has to be a deity. It could be just gut bacteria. It could be whatever it is. Hmm. Robbie? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Like, in a general sense, I don't think there is much free will in that. Like, we're all just products of everything around us. And I think we all generally although we'd like to venture out sometimes we generally stay in that area where the decisions we make are okay with everyone else yeah yeah and it's i think we are very interdependent that's a definitely very good point. As, as much as we like to think we're all independent mm. the views of other people apart with everyone else mm. the views of other people are just huge i think like in determining how we act absolutely yeah it's a good thing and a bad thing like like Mm. it's probably stops us from doing bad things but at the same time it probably restricts a lot of our creativity and our own ambition would that Mm, be fair mark definitely yeah yeah a lot of your upbringing and things like that you know like my brothers played football and sports so when i was growing up i also played football and sports because my father played football and sports where we come from is a footballing area it's uh what would be a community type thing yeah so you're a product of your environment and you're also a product of genetics. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what, yeah. what made me is my mother's genetics crossed my father's genetics. Yeah. And that's what made the product that I am as well. But mm. that's their products of other people. Yeah. 
so it's all those different things uh, mixed in that created the dna that makes me up as well so that's what would lead me again to think chemical reactions Mm. and isn't it like when you say when you piece that together there and like drawn from community to your mother and father and then all those generations all Mm. i can think about is responsibility like that because of what hell like i'm interested obviously in my own family history and because i'm interested in history but like to know the struggles that my ancestors would have faced 150 years ago uh, it kind of makes you grateful then for being here yourself and it motivates you to do a bit more because you feel like well they got me this far how how much further am i going to bring the the family name but then we're just a family and then you can have families that just die out and just then they're where are they they're, well, not, let's draw it back again sorry not where are they but like that's it then you know like mm. they're forgotten yeah well, we're going to be forgotten. Will. Everyone, you yeah. or me or any of us have ever met is going to be dead one day and in 200 years, no one will remember most of us. Yeah. So basically, it sounds very, um, well, it'd be unfulfilling or whatever, but it's also sort of freeing, I feel, in a sense that... That's the Buddhist approach, Enjoy it. it, yeah, yeah. Like, well, enjoy it probably wouldn't be, but like the idea that, you know we should desire nothing because we are nothing and we will end up like just i'm not too i I haven't read much into buddhist but i I think that is the general approach that you know of of, um appreciating nothingness yeah yeah to want is to suffer that's it yeah yeah it's uh, appreciating just the fact that you are alive and being i suppose grateful for what you have rather than wanting what you don't have yeah but then again, that doesn't work in our society either. Like I can't sit on my whole scratching my arse thinking about how happy I am that Jeremy Kyle is on. Like, you know, in uh, Western society, it's hard to follow a Buddhist philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, you can in dabs, like, you know. Yeah. But I think it has come so far that it's really hard to survive in Western society, like with, say, I don't know, like, freaking belief sort of like where you can just go ahead and you can hunt and play and like you have to pay to live here basically mm. yeah I th- and it's like no one's forcing us to stay here we can move away but we all choose to stay this comes back to decision making i suppose as well we all choose to stay here even though we give out about a lot of our lives yeah which i find interesting yeah that is true well, I, you know, the when you say the African, I love the idea of, uh, you know, when tribes are going through a desert or something, like they can go hard, uh, moving away for days, and then they can stop for a day because they need to catch up with themselves, mm-hmm. sort of phrase. You know, like, so maybe the weekends can serve as that. Like, we are products, obviously, of the industrial age, but I love tapping into, you know, different cultures and ideas and trying to... Um, trying to bring a greater sense of this bigger question mark like free will versus chemical reactions to bring it back to that and then just to say again so you know the way i've always thought of health as uh, mental health uh, mental physical spiritual um or mind body soul mm. um they're kind of they don't really come into this question at all then do they no 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 
You're really going for the jugular, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, you went, you played very well um, in the junior football. You know, it wasn't that, but great reports. You even got a headline in Gorey Garden. I did. I How got do you feel? a headline. I feel yeah, top of the world now. <laughs> I can hardly fit my head through the door coming in here. Today, <laughs> but you're driven for the championship success. But to like, a sport player does not. I don't think a sports player would succeed on the field if they weren't feeling well in general. Like you know, so no. you you must in a great space yourself to good yeah no I am definitely in a very good place uh, mentally physically spiritually I think I'm the best I've ever been and a lot of it I think has sort of come with time like I'm 25 now yeah. a lot of it you just sort of have to wait out the shit like I absolutely you know? agree yeah yeah. you can do all this fighting and soul searching and things like that but it just comes from experience like mm. of being alive what it is like to be alive and that's very freeing I think yeah definitely in the past two three years i've definitely just found a lot more freedom and like within my own head and just live a better quality of life and i think every teenage boy especially struggles because it's hard it's hard growing up for everyone you know but why is it hard i don't know it's a confusing place to grow up and like say this conversation that question Mm. if that came up in the school environment because it came up in the school environment you I don't know. I wouldn't have answered it. You wouldn't have answered it, but you wouldn't have engaged with it either. No. Because it's not presented in a way. But is that the way it has to be? Do we have to go to school because it's a good source of childcare, try and learn basics maybe in hard work and an education system that we inherit? I'm just realising this is all, like, this is so relevant to the monk who, like, he decided when he was age 10 and that he'd go to school so it was his decision to go to primary school mm. in the first place not his mother's his mother was american so he had a bit of a different life and upbringing like so what i'm trying to get at is how is it just the case that like we, we we go through school and then when we get to our 20s we try and navigate our own course and see based on youtube pickings from youtube pickings from books um that life isn't that bad and life is something that we can uh, approach in a positive way rather than with fear and that we can dive in at our own pace yeah there's a lot of loft there's a lot of that there. i yeah. think the main well the main thing i've found and i think this is complete speculation but i think i've had a similar journey to mark in kind of i didn't give a shit for a good number of years and then i really wanted to give a shit and I, I am giving a shit in the, yeah. in the best possible way but what I think I lost in school from I'd say about second year up until sixth year and it went into my later teen years and my early 20s that I just lost motivation because I went into school and I was like you kind of you know you have that oh boy like why do you have to go to school but like it really was like what is the motivation for sitting down every day learning this stuff that and a lot of people think it that we're not going to use like they don't instill motivation in you and mm. i suppose they can't because that's come from yourself but that was the biggest thing i found in school i just i had so much motivation in primary school to do stuff go out and like really live life and then in secondary school it was kind of just like oh it's yeah yeah like you're a teenager and you're so full of life and energy and then you're told to sit down at a desk yeah. in eight different rooms for an hour at a time every day 
and be told basically that you're stupid because you don't care about this stuff and i spent well, I spent most of my life thinking i was stupid and then i found out when i got out of school i actually wasn't and i started reading for myself and then like you slowly you find your own way then like but i knew in school like i knew i didn't care about any of this and it's sort of sometimes i get angry because i didn't care i was like why can't i care but then you can't make yourself care about something uh, and i couldn't do it but then i found stuff to care about when i got out and then i was far happier what i find most interesting about what you both kind of described that well uh, because i knew about mark in school more than you rob but like that the lack of recognition or the lack of an ability to recognize that just because someone is like not sitting down not talking not doing what they're told is not uh and leads to an equal sign as a result of that equation then or they are bold or they are um just acting up and acting the gum and then that note or that detention will set them back on the right course yeah it makes them feel worse about themselves you know yeah like that is the biggest conundrum like how you like the education system there like uh, the discipline side of it how like you you put someone back on the right track but not by actually understanding the child rather than forcing yeah the child. like I, I don't know if i said this on the podcast but i wasn't allowed to do pe in sixth year because i didn't do enough honor subjects yeah and like you know pe is what i love physical activity and i wasn't allowed to do it so i had to sit in lcvp which is a course about doing cvs yeah and writing cover letters instead of doing pe what i actually enjoy doing yeah but so much of what we do is inherited and we kind of forget to recognize that so look i'm only talking on a whim here but like lcvp i imagine was brought out um because they recognized that people that students coming through weren't maybe didn't have enough skills for employability and this is a way to um to to make them understand the workforce and get a job out of secondary school but like i doubt there's been a review of lcvp over the years i doubt there's been a decision oh is lcvp delivering could there be a crossover with guidance counseling it's probably just continued on its course and continued and will continue yeah um we've loads of problems i don't know if we'll ever get to solutions but like I think even though in schools, if there was just some way of having conversations kind of like this, just which, you, well, I can only speak for young lads because I'm male myself, mm-hmm. but I know in school, everyone thought I was very smart. And w- when I left school, I felt so stupid because I could not talk about my feelings or like what was important to me. And it was something I never learned in school. I could list out chapters of books or whatever. And go through and get A's on tests, but I couldn't, you know, talk to someone about something that was serious. And I think, like, schools need to be able to facilitate that, because that is far more important than anything than reading any mm. book. Yeah, they don't teach you how to be a person, they teach you how to be an employee. That's it, yeah. That is bang on the mark. And I can't be an employee, and any of my previous employers will tell you that, that I am awful. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely terrible. So... I'd have to think more, but like, I'd still see the potential. Anyone can be an employee. Anyone, anyone can be anything. But like, it's about. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe because look, your experience is valuable, Mark. But like, just to come back to what you said, Robbie. Like, do you think then that you 
appeal to acting because it was a form of expression i think yeah that's 100 percent why i picked it because i went up to computer science i was like oh this is more of the same stuff i'm sitting beside behind the computer i'm not engaging with people something that i didn't realize for a long time that i really wanted to do was really engage with people like because i don't know if you know in in secondary school i just kind of coasted between kind of social groups and like everyone would i doubt there's anyone in secondary school that would have had a bad word to say about me but no one really kind of fully knew me either like it was just kind of played it safe all the time in social um Rebs. yeah yeah so that's yeah what i found it was like oh i did a part-time acting course then and i was like oh my god i can like completely open up to people and like you know it's in a safe environment or whatever um and you do kind of have those conversations that you wouldn't know how to approach otherwise like because you think oh people aren't going to want to talk about this or you know how do you even i don't know you know it is like you started by saying that if schools could introduce something i think the biggest problem with schools, well just from our experience in school is that the fact of control that in in essence the school has to kind of well not has to but school feels an onus to control its activities in some way yeah so that is probably the most difficult hurdle i think mm, absolutely yeah like if you if anyone were to approach a school now and say uh look this is an issue can we do anything about it yeah um but i think as well it's like say if a child comes home from school and they've been crying that parent is going to get onto the school whereas if you were actually like if there was something in schools where there could be more of a conversation about things and children did go home crying i like me personally i would like that to be seen as not a bad thing it's just that child like talked about something or and they felt emotion and they showed it and i think that's something on the parents as well it's where like maybe every time your child cries it's not a go like oh she he shouldn't be crying let's sort this out now what did you do like whatever it's like no the child is showing emotion it's a child yeah yeah it don't, that can sort of stint the child's way it processes emotion as well yeah yeah it's like if i feel this way it's their fault that my parents are letting me you know they did this to me rather than going okay right this sometimes happens i need to adapt to what's going on here Mm. and try to solve ways so when that happens again it's not going to affect me the same way rather than lashing out when this happens because that's the habit they learned yeah excellent Mm. again that's responsibility you know and uh, i think it's something that only strikes us there well i think it's responsibility anyway it's realizing that our actions and our uh, our feelings and everything may be within us you know it's not someone else's problem that they're being annoying it's it's that you feel that annoyance so what's is there something else that you're ignoring that reminds you of something or is that the shadow or whatever like that's mm. something that, that like that's um what comes to mind there um just one more what was it that you said there that was feeling yeah um We've probably gone down a yeah. track here, right? But um, I'll just give you a scenario. So I, yeah, sure. I uh, in transition year, I went to a guidance counselor because I had had this irrational fear of knives, and I've told my mates about it, like at the time, and still now, like people know, oh, Jenny Michael had a fear. I just I could not handle really sharp knives, and the guidance counselor, listen, trying to handle a book like 
I didn't leave learning anymore. And the only thing I did learn was that like the guidance counselor then passed on to the principal and the principal sang with parents. And yeah. but like and that was fine because my parents comforted me after like mm. I, I went to interview someone and then I remember just crying uh, like when my dad collected me afterwards. And that's fine, but like there was definitely something more going on there. Mm. You weren't just you weren't just a, a, an ordinary transition year with a with um, a fear of noise. Now look, you work through it anyway. But like, how many people are out there and they meet that fear, and it's not addressed right or it's not yeah addressed. yeah hmm. yeah. Well, it's good. There's definitely more services available to young people nowadays than even I'd say when we were in school. You know, you, you had to, yeah, you had the guidance counselor, but like yeah. your guidance counselor isn't a psychologist, behavioral therapist, anything like that. But you know, or uh, somebody can talk to talk to Tom, places like this. Yeah, it, that wasn't around, but mm. I think if there was sort of a direct line between certain behavioral psychologists and things like that, and schools where it's not your man who's telling you what to how to fill out your CAO form, who's telling you how to deal with the loss of a family member. Mm. Do you know, mm. it should there should be proper measures and outside resources in place for children who are suffering to quickly find what, who and what they need to mm. get them right again yeah 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 so i don't know maybe maybe things have gone away like maybe it is more accessible through schools yeah well that's yeah that's the like thing that. we've been out of school about six years so we started with that question with free will versus chemical reactions and it's in, like i'm not saying oh like obviously with every podcast we start and we end and we look where we've come from and oh let's move on to the next week. but like just looking at that isn't it fascinating how we started with what's going on with our brains like is it free will or chemical reactions and we eventually just naturally navigate towards mental health and mm. how sometimes our thoughts just weigh us down so much that they crush us and like that that has a negative impact on our mental health it's it's one of the most interesting things like that is it whatever it is that like um the mind is just an incredible thing yeah, mm. I, I that question I asked I think is an unanswerable question as well. I don't think there is a correct answer to it. I know, but I would go just like anyone would love to play hurling. I would love to play that question over and over all day long. <laughs> I would go at it. I would. I go at it awful hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very hard. Take the shot off. You love my next question then. Oh, it's ten. Okay, so, all right. right. So, what are snails trying to do? <laughs> In general, I saw this thing actually, and it was like maybe you only see snails move slow when you're looking at them like when <laughs> you're not looking at them <laughs> they can go like super fast because <laughs> they always just seem to appear like out of nowhere and then you look at them and they're going really slow and it's like it's like when a gato fan comes yeah. and shows up and see a person see my, my answer to this question is oh. their best oh oh my <laughs> oh, we can't oh, top that you're, you could answer every question. I, I was there thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not getting that. Like, yeah. Bring me back to nine there, please. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Halpin, in those two questions, you've shown your brilliance. <laughs> I give you front page of Garrett every day of the week, young man. Oh, thank you. I, I wasn't front page, by the way. <laughs> oh, somebody else, Michal, it's going to all. Yeah, oh, band, yeah. We, we know, got front Used page of the Garrett. Yeah, you got yeah, a job. Yeah. Fair play to 40, so fair play to Michal. Very well done, yeah. Michal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine we did use today with our stuff. <laughs> All there was a sunflower competition. <laughs> so in the past, I have done two riddles for the Paper Tuesdays podcast slash 
Instagram page and Robbie has come up with our third one. So I will allow Robbie to read it out. Okay. Start me up and you can spin me around. The further I go, the sooner it hits the ground. What is it? It's a very good one. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's a very tough one. Mm. Enterprise? Tenor and a plant, was it? Yeah, we'll go for that. Yeah, we'll go for tenor and a, and a plant. <laughs> a mystery plant. A mystery plant, yeah. Keep us out there. Yeah. A legal one. Give <laughs> them those uh, mystery Chinese seeds. Mystery oh, yeah. Chinese Chinese seeds. Seeds, yeah. Some of the Americans actually planted the seeds. <gasps> and it no started. There was one. Uh, it's actually uh, it's on Vice if you want to look it up just right. look up planted seeds or whatever yeah. but um, I started reading it there when I was on my break in work and there was one <laughs> account where your one rang up saying I'm a dumbass I planted these seeds um, can you please tell me what to do and it's apparently it's after like killing nearly everything in their garden like, oh, my, oh god. my gosh yeah so that's crazy I don't know man. I haven't read the rest of the article but yeah your man just um, applied for like the freedom of information thing and he got all the things oh, from like right, the local yeah. agriculture people mm. but yeah right. pe- they've had so many phone calls about the seeds wow. hopefully yeah. they stay out of our country anyway yeah. absolutely <laughs> and if they do come in don't plant them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. coronavirus seeds they planted the virus in the um have you any other no no um, well I do a horoscope on the wing yeah, sure, yeah why not? Oh, can you do okay. my horoscope yeah, yeah, do yeah I'll do both yeah yeah <laughs> okay attack the day with all the will in the world Mark you've got Mercury colliding with Saturn this week that means that a special love is going to come into your life but be careful with what you say because Venus will mean that you are more honest than usual and when she goes into retrograde there's no getting her back out baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's great I need that <laughs> Okay, Robbie, here we go. Um, Robbie is... Um, Pi- no, not Pisces. Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquarius now. You're going with the new version? I'm going with the new version. Oh, holy moly. I My know. goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, Aquarius. Uh, yeah. The fall of Saturn into Venus is going to cause a few problems. But if you relax, take your time and understand that no matter what, Mercury is going to go into retrograde and everything is going to be fine. Take a few deep breaths and make sure that when you go to the toilet that you lock the door after you. Maybe <laughs> 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 with the horoscope, you never know what. Yeah, you know. they <laughs> do throw up some stuff. There. Yeah, yeah. It's good to listen to your horoscope. Yeah, right? thank you, Michael. You were telling uh, something there. Yeah. The stars were staring yeah. deeply into your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what have we learned this week? Oh, a lot. We learned that snails are doing their best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie, what have you learned? I learned how to say Gloucester. Gloucester. <laughs> kind of learned how yeah. to say <laughs> The <laughs> cheese rolling place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gla- and I Gloucester. learned that brown bread is better than white bread. So we, we've yeah. really learned a lot. This week. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Those were definitely the main points of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very good evening to you. Good evening. <laughs>